1: 18 Plus. The
2: following program is brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E.
0: Hello and welcome to Discovering Taoist Wicca with your host, Susie Lady Redhawk Peltier. Susie has served the goddess and the principle of holism for nearly 30 years as a third degree Wiccan priestess, Reiki master teacher, massage therapist, and hypnotherapist. With a degree in holistic health and a background in medical anthropology, she has pursued a burning question. How is ritual used for healing? 20 years ago, Lady Redhawk established Dragon Spirit Taoist Wiccan Circle, which continues to grow with practitioners and circles in the U.S., Holland, Ireland, France, and Peru. Susie, Lady Redhawk, will be taking us through the Wiccan ritual and sabbat of Astara. And I'm John Carasella. Susie, let's Hi, get John. started. This is going to be a great show.
2: This is. I'm so happy to sit here and be with you again and Talk about a balance point. Is that what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about balance. Yeah. Spring equinox is the first of two balance points in um, Dallas, Wicca. If you think of, if you remember the circle we've been talking about, the wheel of the year. Right. You can can draw a horizontal line and that's your solstices. A
1: vertical line. Excuse me,
2: vertical line. And then now. We're drawing the horizontal line. Right. We're coming to the equinoxes, which um, means equal length day and night.
0: Right. So we've been through Yule, which was the solstice, winter solstice. Mm-hmm. We've been through that's the turning point. We've been through Imbolc, which mm-hmm. is Bridget's Day, February first, mm-hmm. Groundhog's Day.
2: Sets so commitment. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and now we're at Ostara,
2: mm-hmm. okay. and it's the first of two balance points of the year. The other equinox is, of course, the autumnal equinox, right. September 21st, 22nd. And um, in our system, we kind of look at, now I don't mean ours versus theirs, I just mean uh, looking from a Dallas Twicken perspective. Right. Um, there's a mythic journey that began at Yule with our rebirth. Mm-hmm. And the whole wheel of the year is really meant for us to see that we're on a hero's quest for wholeness. Mm-hmm. So this is another way that we look at the wheel of the year from a mythological and archetypal.
0: And you actually framework. make you, you make this practical because you use this as a way of coaching. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Absolutely, absolutely. There are three major things missing from the culture: belonging, balance, and empowerment.
0: Those are pretty basic things that we're missing.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and, yes. and it's hard—it's hard to argue that we're that that we're not missing those things.
2: Right, right. Mm. And
0: belonging, now... balance, and empowerment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. so so how are we? How, are you how are you going to help us with that? <laughs>
2: Well, I often suggest that while our circumstances may feel as sensitives or witches or shamans that we're kind of cut off and isolated from quote-unquote mainstream, um, I do encourage you to begin to run the experiment of either Taoist Twicca or something else that gathers you together with your friends and invites you to come into the intention of drawing like-minded people so that when you are having an extraordinary experience,
1: mm-hmm.
2: a shamanic experience, a an expanded spiritual or psychic experience that you have friends to turn to and go wow, this thing happened. Yeah. And they can go, wow, that's really cool. And I had not exactly the same thing, but I had a similar thing, and here's my weird experience.
1: <laughs> right, right, right.
2: Because then we can kind of gather the community. We kind of went sensitives, medicine people, Went underground in the Inquisition,
1: mm. uh,
2: Europe, and the New World. Remember, we forget mm-hmm. that there was a dreadful Inquisition here when the Spanish um, yeah. in, oh, invaded yeah. the indigenous people.
1: Right, right.
2: It was equally as horrific as anything we produced in, in if not, Europe. If not,
0: if not worse. Right? I mean, yeah, pretty, yeah. Well,
2: pretty. well. Uh, you know, when you add in the diseases, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was whole, wholesale. It wasn't just the medicine people. It was wholesale genocide over here. Right,
2: right. So. <laughs> right, right. So, so today, you know, as with every show, I try to mix in a little, let's look at the culture because we're swimming in a polluted pool. Right. And none of us can really be well or embrace this wholeness that we desire, If it's being withheld from someone else, Mm -hmm. or if we're withholding it from ourselves.
0: Right. Um, Right. And and we have cultural constructs that that make it difficult for us to not withhold it from ourselves, and make it difficult for us to serve it to others. Right. Yeah, it's hard. It is hard.
2: Right. So... It's a time of balance, and from and to to look at from a Taoist Wicca perspective, if the wheel is a Tao, then we really get an active contemplation upon the balance as Mm -hmm. we have equal day and night. Mm -hmm. There's not only a literal um, astronomical. Alignment that our ancestors across the planet have been marking with solar and and in uh, their calendars mm-hmm. for thousands of years. But so it was recognized that something significant happened. This is also a the full planting uh, ceremony mm-hmm. where um, at Yule you got you were reborn with an intention. And you mm. have now made the Roman numerals of Maybe an action outline. plan, no. an sure. outline for um, for in bulk and now, as we come into Ostara, this is very much about calling in the allies about planting and you know with a full awareness of the crop in its entirety. What are the action plans? If Mm -hmm. you want carrots, you have to plant carrots.
1: Yeah.
2: And you have to commit to tending carrots. Right, right. Throughout the process. It means weeding, watering, all of that. Right. And, and, you know, in sacred gardening, it would be about talking to the spirit of the plant. Right. Creating uh, the acknowledgement that this is a a created life as well. Right. This is Absolutely. A, a divine um a divine expression. A, a divine expression, as are we namaste. Right. I behold the mm-hmm. divine within you, you behold the divine in me. It's
0: interesting to to be reminded that that's a an equally legitimate thing to say to your parents. Yes. That's yes. actually really useful to to realize that uh, it is a divine, an expression of the divine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, all life, well, all things are, mm-hmm. right? And when we have the intention to, to cultivate life in, in whatever form we choose to, whether it be a, um, a vegetable garden or animal husbandry or, or even cultivating the, the vitality of our, of our passions of our art mm-hmm. or, or our sacred mission or whatever, it is a divine expression,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there's a there's a powerful balance in saying Namaste.
1: Oh,
2: absolutely!
0: Right. It balances the. It's no longer I it. It's I thou.
2: That yes.
0: And yes. that's a big deal. Yes. And and finding that in every corner, right? Realizing that that's available in every breath, in every interaction. Is extraordinarily powerful. At least I've found it so. Yes. But I, I, I'm only recently, uh, you know, sort of in this moment thinking about it as relating to star and the balance of the wheel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting.
2: hmm I watched a, a show called Naked and Afraid.
0: Oh yeah, I've, I've seen advertisements yeah. of it.
2: Yeah, it's it, they really literally dump people in the most hostile environments. And they are naked, and they are given one tool, and it's one man and woman who don't know each other.
0: Holy cow!
1: And,
2: <laughs> and um, extremely hostile. By a, a river in the Amazon, for example,
1: hmm.
2: you know that yeah. kind of that yeah. that kind of hostile. And then, for 21 days later, they have to make it to an extraction site, and only their, and their film crew practices non-involvement other than to, to, to just catch...
0: Right, it's like the prime, the prime directive on Star Trek.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. But I watched it. First of all, of course, the quintessential anthropologist in me watches it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um,
2: but the reason I bring it up is that there was a very poignant scene in which they had been eight or nine, maybe ten days without food. They've been eating grubs and things like that, but like wow, that. wow. that's the size of it. And they have the opportunity to kill an electric eel. And the, the guy is getting revved, and he's calling it a bitch, and he's, you know, he's getting macho pumped. Right. And the woman says, can we take a moment? This is a life force you're about to take here. And she actually told him she was offended by his attitude before he killed it. And, you know, he kind of didn't quite understand it. And he said, okay, thank you. Prepare to die. Boom.
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: and she and he could tell she was very upset with him. And they had gotten along very, very well in this extremely hostile environment. Yeah. <laughs> and... He goes privately to his camera and you can tell he's really rocked that he upset her.
1: Yeah.
2: And that he, that he had, had said that he had this kind of hostile side of him that comes out every once in a while. And he wasn't hostile to her. No. no. He was simply hostile toward his kill Mm. in that moment, bringing all that she forward. He used anger to move it. Right. And it made him think, and he apologized to her afterward, and um, and then on the, the, the after show, they asked him, would he kill anything in the same way? And he said, well, I'm not actually a hunter, per se. I don't do it for sport. I only do it for food, but I will say that that she gave me a whole new spin on it.
1: Mm. That's
2: and cool. I was like, "Yay!" Yeah. <laughs> right, <right.
1: That's> <laughs> so just, uh,
2: do, does go back to slowly but surely. You know, the Earth ways and the reverence with which we used to approach and deal with our environment and other beings in it mm. were very, very, very different.
0: Mm, and and finding that. Finding that path back to balance. Right. You know, it's interesting because um, namaste to other life forms isn't just balance. It's also belonging.
2: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's also belonging, yeah. isn't it? Right? And you mm-hmm. start to realize that, that the separation that we're experiencing as humans from the natural world is one that we chose. Mm-hmm. It isn't one that's real. It's not imposed on us by Nature itself—it's only the nonsense of our head Mm -hmm. and our belief system that makes that so. Yes. And what a toxic consequence, huh? (laughs) Yikes! Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Every time I think. Well,
2: and we've created a culture in which it is separation. I think it's partially a a product of reductionism, and the Mm. reductionism fits so well with patriarchy because you've got this divide and conquer. And, you know, science uses it as let's divide and explore. Right. But as I've probably said before, there's a problem with that because the minute you dissect the frog,
0: It's not a frog anymore. you can't
2: find the chi. (laughs) Right. And it's ludicrous to declare chi does not exist because you have killed the frog. (laughs) <laughs> Those two things don't have anything to do with it well
0: i think the i think the whole the whole lens of reductionism is um it's a mechanical lens in a lot of Very ways,
2: mechanical. right and mm-hmm. it
0: doesn't it's not a it's not it's a particle model not mm-hmm. a field model
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we know that um reality behaves as both particle and field, and mm-hmm. one might speculate reasonably that the particle nature of reality is actually just there for our convenience to observe it it's actually not intrinsically part of its nature
2: to be observed
0: right it, it, well it's it's
2: inherently participatory
0: yes right it's inherently participatory but it's all it's a field it's not really a collection of particles uh-huh. it's really a field that will will dress up as particles for our convenience
2: and for I mean. our intention
0: and and for our intention, for our mm-hmm. intention, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right,
2: yeah. Well, and I think that's I, I think that's a key thing for for our conversation today because we're still kind of looking at, and as the light grows, we're getting more and more of a picture of a roshot test of the universe to see how we're going to connect the dots. And at summer solstice. It's the biggest, grandest pictures, what you believe about the universe and so Mm -hmm. forth. But I think you still have to look at some fundamental assumptions you're making in your current belief system. We talked about this earlier, whether or not, you know, we... We agreed that it was better to simply assume that the universe is supporting us than if <laughs> right. it doesn't look like it, right. because it is so much easier to get up in the morning with that attitude. Right? And yeah. nothing, you know. I mean, one could one could argue that point. Tell the cows, cows come home. And there's no way to prove it it's just a choice and assumption we make however yeah, yeah. Yeah. the universe reflects back to us according to our assumptions
1: well
0: it, you know so in one sense we can say um the universe reflects back to us according to our assumptions uh and that if we are if we make the assumption that it's a benign benevolent universe that's that's actually seeking to uh respond to our desire then it makes perfect sense for us to be, to be projecting that notion out mm-hmm. into the universe. And the other, in the other case that the universe isn't like that, and we have all of this adversity that's, that's being put in our, on our path for reasons we don't understand, what's the, what's the most productive model for, right. for interpreting that Navigating, let's say just navigating those circumstances mm-hmm. and assuming that the universe is out to get you doesn't really do you any good.
1: <laughs> right? It
0: doesn't solve any problems. What
1: do you do if you're right? What do you do if you're right? Right? Like
0: <laughs> better, better to, you know, I find it's better to, um, to look for the value in whatever is happening, even if it's not pleasant, because that allows me to stay present enough to what's happening to really A, get value out of it, Mm -hmm. and B, understand it well enough to shift it, Mm -hmm. right? The stepping away from what's happening is uh, something that we do when we're in pain. You know, we numb, uh, we hide, we contract. And, you know, it's not to say that there isn't very reasonable physiological and evolutionary advantage to doing that, but we do it way more than we have to, I Mm -hmm. find. I find that we do it way more than we have to. And... You know, I, I, lately I'm quoting this uh, little experience that I had in Santa Cruz the other night, uh, walking along the uh, shore, the, the cliffside, uh, waves pounding against the rocks, and it was full moon, and it was just gorgeous, breeze blowing. I, it was amazing. But I was cold. Mm-hmm. And I had this dilemma because I didn't have anything. I had a, a light jacket in the car, and that's all I had. Um so I had this dilemma. Do I want to go back to the car and sit in the car
1: mm-hmm.
0: or do I want to enjoy this evening?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I said, I'm definitely not going back into the car.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I want to enjoy this evening, mm-hmm. but I'm cold. So so what do I do about that? And the, the first thing I did was I said, well, I'm not going to die. <laughs> this cold, this this feeling cold thing. Is not going to kill me. It's not physiologically not going to damage me in any way. So what I'm really experiencing is discomfort. And once I once I shifted away from um, trying to not experience the discomfort, to experiencing the discomfort as intimately as I could, so that I could understand what to do about it, I found ways to warm myself up, and and to be present to the wind and the surf and the air temperature that were not incompatible with my physiology Mm -hmm. right so i was able to be quite successful in staying present to what was happening and saying yes to what was available Mm -hmm. even though there was discomfort in it and i I learned a bunch of lessons about my body and Mm -hmm. uh, you know and had a had a fabulous evening enjoying the moonlight uh being present loving loving what is even in the presence of discomfort was a great opportunity mm-hmm. turned out.
2: Well that is precisely a practice of wicca. You know, is in, in so far as to wick means to shape or to shift energy or consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to mold energy into a form and then another to shift the form. So that's hence the, the term shape and shift.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
2: and so, to kind of drift in and out of a kind of a witness consciousness that allows you to take in greater observations, right um, and allow that moment to be filled with you know some might argue a hypersensitivity,
1: oh almost, yeah hyper awareness, yeah.
2: Hyper-awareness. yeah. But that's also characteristic of trance. So I submit, you know, you were on the full moon and you know, receiving a teaching.
0: Oh, absolutely! Awesome! It's fantastic! Awesome! Beautiful!
2: Yeah, and that's and how long ago was that?
0: That was like uh, the full moon in March, Mm -hmm. so it was like two, three days ago, as of recording
1: this.
2: Okay. So you can see how the universe is beginning to prepare you for your specific adapted. Lessons right. for the spring equinox, okay. as far as your personal lens: what's balance, imbalance, what, how do you perceive what's balance and, and out of balance?
0: Right, and and what I'm what one of the things that I can say with confidence is that discomfort does not mean out of balance.
2: Right, not always.
0: It, it's really an invitation to to discovery. Discomfort I'm finding is an invitation to discovery. Yeah, and this is also something that's been happening uh, over the last few months. Is um, I've sort of been in a in a a shifted space, shifted place. I'm house sitting. I'm recently divorced. Um, There's there's a big emptiness Mm -hmm. in my life. That there's there's a habitual longing. Right, there's longing for things that are not there, Mm -hmm. that are um, that I'm looking forward to having and looking forward to experiencing, but aren't there. And one of the lessons that I got was that there is wisdom to be harvested in the longing.
1: Oh, absolutely! It's it's
0: not that I should go out and, and satisfy this longing instantly but rather that I should allow the longing, and not that I should numb it or, or meditate it away even, but, but rather that being present to it will illuminate things for me. All right. And so discomfort, um, uh, emptiness, uh, the, the presence of desire and the presence of longing are not things that are intrinsically out of balance that need to be balanced but rather that they are an aspect of balance. Yes. They're an aspect of that. And this is, this is the interesting thing about the Tao, actually. Yeah. I, like yeah. I, keep, I keep learning, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good, somebody, somebody
0: once said to me, the Tao that can be experienced is not the true Tao. Exactly. Or the Tao that can be explained. Sorry. The Tao that can be explained is not the, comes the true from
2: Tao. The Tao and,
0: okay. and I just like, like... The more I investigate, the more I realize, yeah, actually, that's really true. <laughs> really can you know there's always another light layer of of interplay between active and receptive between light and dark between between um, illumination and shadow right in in our personality in our presumptions about the world in our perception our, our perceptual capacity and frame and uh and it, and it sometimes when i'm in a really great spot I can move right up to the line
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and ex, and sort of surf the edge
1: mm-hmm. between
0: the masculine and the feminine, the light and the dark, the active and receptive. And I can watch it move and, you know, tr- transform before my very eyes. Mm-hmm. Like that was active principle just a millisecond ago before I had this perception. And now it's the now it's the receptive principle. And that, you know, it's like fascinating balance is not scales
2: right nor is it a 50/50 proposition
0: no it, it's it's actually what I'm recognizing is that balance is the willingness to to surf the underside of the wave
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know to 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 literally Take your whole perceptual frame and flip all the bits.
2: Right. Now, what's cool about the Wheel of the Year is intrinsically the Sabbaths do that.
0: Ah, right.
1: Um,
2: If you look at the two solstices, for example, they're opposite to each other. We were reborn at Yule with an intention. The opposite of intention, I believe, is accountability. You know, it's one thing to have this grand, very nice, elastic plan, tra-la, tra-la. But by half of the year, gone, what right. have you done?
1: You
0: asked. You asked. Right. How have you participated in your ask?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Did you ante up?
0: Not suddenly. Really. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, this radio show is not quite as comfortable as I thought it was going to be. <laughs>
2: but
0: we're not there yet. We're just, no, this we're not. Yet.
2: We're we're not. But you can see that the light is inching us up as the sun gets greater. We move into into chakras with more awareness, hmm. and then with more awareness, then of course comes more accountability. Right. Inevitably. Yes.
1: For sure. For sure.
2: But nevertheless, that was just. An illustration of how the two um, opposite sabbats are always mirrors for each other. Mm-hmm. The the winter solstice is a view from the underworld, mm-hmm. and the, the view solstice, the right. summer solstice is the teachers, Right. you know, the upper world.
0: Okay, so so we're in
2: we're at you know, um, so if we, if we we followed it along, it, you would have commitment at in bulk. Mm-hmm. And you would have balance and what's in balance. And then of course, when you focus on the balance, you also see in sharp relief what's out of balance mm-hmm. and a calling of the allies and a clarity about what you're planting, the ABCs.
0: Okay. So, so if we're, if, if in bulk is commitment, what is a star? Is a star a, um, a balance between commitment and action? Is it a balance between commitment and, and, um, and openness, you know, like, like between, between, it's both, it's both right? Yeah, yeah. Cause, cause we want to, we want to both, both have the active principle plan, uh, but we also want to remain receptive to what flows. Right. Is that kind right. of the idea?
2: Right. You have, you're calling in the allies from the seen and unseen.
0: Mm-hmm. And why are we doing that at you Ostara?
2: Know, at Ostara because, if If we go back to looking at uh, the Wheel of the Year as this mythic quest mm-hmm. you have the um discernment of the the problem, the challenge mm-hmm. you often have and so you kind of argue with yourself around uh you'll well, do I accept this challenge, do I take it on, and so forth, and then comes the commitment, right. Now comes the action plan, the Roman numerals that go on, uh, excuse me, the ABCs that go under each Roman numeral commitment you formed. And that means you're now thinking in terms of specific tasks, what needs to be done toward this. If I want carrots, then I don't have to obtain carrot seeds.
0: Right. Right, step one. Step
2: one, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's more
0: than one step. Exactly,
2: right? exactly. That's why now at Ostara, you're laying in the ABCs of that action plan mm. so that you, your implementation can be, you know, a checklist.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And, but sometimes you don't have alone the capacity to do everything. Mm. And it's like, you know... I need a publisher. Okay. I could self publish mm-hmm. i could I'm aware that there are other things, and I'm going to have to choose, and my preference would be to have a publisher
0: mm-hmm. so now you have to go look for one.
2: now I have to go look for one
0: right so you you are obligated to participate yes At once when 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 okay, so this is actually kind of an interesting. This is an interesting um flow. At Astara at at Imbolc, we are identifying
1: uh
2: And forging a, those commitments. So at, we're so we're not only seeing it with our sixth chakra, identifying the creative
1: mm-hmm, right.
2: task. But we're forging it in the third, in the fire of the third chakra, the will. Right. The fortitude. Mm-hmm. And, dedication, right,
0: right. and so then at Ostara, at Ostara, we're actually kicking the wheels, removing the chocks from the wheels, and starting to roll this puppy down the exactly, highway.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Okay.
2: So you have gone from theory and research mm-hmm. and and the resonance within you right. to know what to commit to. Right. Knowing words are magic.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Your your word is your sure. magic.
1: Right.
2: So, moving word from word magic, now we're going into deed magic, you know. Now right. we're going into the sheer he- effort and fortitude and um that it that, that digging in the dirt to plant the carrot seeds right. and so forth, you know. So every single from laying out your garden, what are you going to plant, where? You know, so the design of your garden, everything kind of, now it comes into a trip to, the home, to home Depot. Right.
1: And, <laughs> and, this,
0: and this, this is a uh, transition from, the, from the, the more ephemeral to the more grounded, concrete. the more concrete. And why is, you know, why is this the time of year for that? What is it? Why is it, is it? It must be easier for us to do that at this time of year.
2: Well, we have the all of nature is waking up. And, and all of it, there, nature's,
0: nature's actually rubber nature meets the road you Nature know. is spurring
2: us forward.
0: And nature and nature doesn't do a lot of navel gazing when <laughs> it comes to be when it's springtime. It's like when when the seeds are when the seeds are germinated and the sun is out, they're like
2: they're going they're for going it. for it. Yeah.
0: Right. And yeah. And so what? It's not going.
2: Uh, I wonder if I should really try to.
0: Maybe I should wait.
2: <laughs> so hmm. so why do so why do
0: we do that? Why are why what is our what is our wound that causes us to be to wanna to be passive to wanna to, to wanna to stay in the realm of ideation instead of putting the shoulder to the wheel
2: well, I think on one level humankind has gotten lazy, no. There's a... It's, there's,
0: it's not so much a matter of survival as it no,
2: used to be. No, it is not. You know, I hearken back to that Naked and Afraid show, you Right, know?
1: right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> um, man, there, they had, there was a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, just for simple things. If you wanted a lodging, you had to build it. Yeah. If you wanted food, you had to build a trap or, um, you know, and then you had to go check your traps and... Uh, and if you wanted water, you had to figure out how to build a fire so you could purify the water. And so, absolutely, there was nothing we could go to the supermarket, buy that was provided for in some other means, and somehow sterilized from the thorns that sit on the ground.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, in a way, uh, nature doesn't coddle. No. Um, and, we're, and we've we've figured out ways to coddle ourselves.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Long after our swaddling days are over. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. We're insulated constantly. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, one of the survivors mentioned, you know, clothing is your second is your second skin. Mm-hmm.
1: You know,
2: yeah. They and, and and so really, you know, we've taken um, incredible steps to separate us from nature. You know, we paved our streets and sidewalks and patios. And yeah. So, uh, you know, I think the impetus to go and do. And so we, we see things, people playing more. And that's another side is, is of the myth is that the God and Goddess are now children playing together. And so there's this spirit of play. And what we like to do in our circles is this is the ritual that we bring our favorite kid food.
1: Mm-hmm. to share. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know?
2: And sometimes we dye eggs and use them in the ritual and sometimes we do chocolate eggs and and chicks and bunnies of course go back to they were fertility symbols that came along in this time of year. And the term Ostara or Ostra was for a Saxon goddess of the dawn and new beginnings and and the east Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting that it was adopted in Europe as Easter,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: you know. And and I don't know a kid, eighteen, eight or eighty, that hasn't said, "What am I supposed to be happy about Jesus's death and resurrection? That I play hide and go seek with eggs and bunnies? What is?" They have to
0: do. You know, how's that
1: to.
2: With, how <laughs> with each other. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because the man's being brutalized. What if <laughs> they're happy about that story? Goodness. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's but another whole.
2: That's a whole other conversation, but nevertheless, you know, the, 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 the dichotomy of how we celebrate it as kids and then what it's supposed to mean and. Um. Yeah, you know, and you can kind of find underneath it that that it was a kind spring was a kind of resurrection myth
1: Mm, in and of itself. Sure. Yeah.
2: And so you know, if we're looking for common denominators, and I'm a big fan of that. Mm Mhm. Um. As a matter of fact, all of my work is really based on that. Is to kind of see, look at at similarities and not see differences as problematic, really.
1: Right,
2: but the uh, these bunnies and chicks and um, spring frolics were all a, a ancient fertility rites that honored the equinox, mm. mm-hmm. and and so again, you know, when you look at what happened with the depaganization of Europe. You know, it was the country folk that suffered the greatest under that because they were the ones closest to the land. Yeah. And so frequently, the church would kind of say, "Ostara, Easter, okay, you come to mass, then you can go have your celebration." You know, and that's where some um, some traditions like the term Lammas. It actually means low fast over the time when we were trying to coexist with mm. the church
0: right and Lamas is the is the celebration in August, yes, yeah, yeah, it's interesting okay, so um so play play how do we use play to to serve us in this time of commitment and action?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs>
0: so, so I've been advised. <laughs>
1: so
2: we're invited to look at our lives, and especially in this country because we don't take a standard country vacation, holiday. Mm. Um, you know the French go off in August and so forth. Um, we 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 don't relax much in this culture. Mm-hmm. And what's worse, thank you very much, Puritans, it was not. It was frowned upon. Not only just actively do your chores, but it was really frowned upon to take any time off from anything other than the Sabbath,
0: yeah, or to take any pleasure in anything really,
2: right? Right. Like, like,
0: what is with that? Um, so so we have a... Uh, so we have not only have disconnected ourselves from nature, we've disconnected ourselves from the inherent health effects
1: mm-hmm.
0: and balancing effects mm-hmm. that come from play right. and healthy pleasure. Right. And I say healthy pleasure very specifically because we certainly know how to indulge ourselves, right, right, with intoxicants and uh, food that is, uh, you know, loaded with fat and sugar and so on and so forth. It's not like we don't know, we've established very clearly that we can go find pleasure, Mm -hmm. but we don't actually enjoy it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It doesn't make us feel better.
1: Right.
0: It makes us feel worse. Mm hmm uh that's pretty that's a that's bad
2: <laughs> well, it ain't good <laughs> <laughs> like, or our
0: pursuit of pleasure to to make us feel worse is really kind of a crime
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's like a, it's an abomination
1: mm-hmm.
2: well, and we have institutionalized guilt well, that too along with um and so consequently, even if it might be healthy especially in moderation, a number of things can need not be as harmful as we have made them.
1: Oh, yeah, that's for sure.
2: However, um, thanks again to the Puritans, we have this, you know, don't you dare crack a smile in any part of your life. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: you know, God forbid you would enjoy it. Right. <laughs> crazy. So, so there's, um, I think that's one of the beauties of Wicca. Is it kind of says all acts of pleasure are mine, say the goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, of course, you know, you look at 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 um, pagan lifestyles prior to um, mon- uh, monotheism and institutionalized um, religions and priestly castes. The you you had an attempt by the medicine man and woman to include the tribe in ritual to include them in a transcendent personal experience with the divine
0: uh, and and uh, of ecstasy yes. really right and
2: everybody could cry for a vision so to speak that was not the the private domain of the shaman particularly. Though they were better at it or more practiced at it, it did not mean that anyone in the tribe could not have access to the divine
1: right.
2: so so this uh, what emerged is kind of a a way to it's not just to institutionalize the established belief system but to form an elitism around it, and one of the ways they they it's particularly helpful is if you rob your um, uh, the people in your parish or in your community of their personal right to their own to spiritual expression right. because creativity and spirituality go hand in hand.
0: Okay, all right, let's 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 take a short break, and when we come back, I want to talk about play, creativity, spirituality, and inspiration as part of a star. Great. Okay, we'll be right back.
2: At Firefly Willows L-I-V-E, we're working hard to be your trusted source for fun, lightning and heart-centered information and community. And we're passionate about the art of transformative media, the new leading edge of communication in our highly connected, media-rich world. If you're passionate about facilitating change and you have gifts or ideas you'd like to share, come join us, host a show, or be a guest, or connect us to an amazing speaker or teacher whose message is too good to miss. There's always room for courageous, knowledgeable changemakers, inspired artists, and new ideas. Let us know you're interested. Send an email to info at fireflywillows.com. We're Firefly Willows, L-I-V-E helping you find and shine your inner light.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Discovering Taoist Wicca, the Ostara Show, with your host, Susie Lady Redhawk Peltier. I'm John Carousella. So, Susie, before the break, you were, you were talking about the role of personal expression with the divine, and uh, we were talking about pleasure and play. Uh, how do these things connect to how do they all connect? Because it, there's, there's a role for creativity, there's a role for play uh, in, in stimulating our inspiration and, and our connection to spirit. And, w- you know, we also talked about this being the time of year when we bring, when we call on our allies mm-hmm. and, and this process of commitment and so on. So how does this bring this together? Please?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, let's remember that the word recreation is actually re-creation.
1: Re-creation.
2: R-E-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N. And so there's a refreshment in relaxation, a refreshment in pleasure, and the stimulation of the senses. mm mm-hmm. And I'm convinced that being psychic is actually the open five senses synergizing to bump you up into the sixth sense. Mm. So rather than taking a scientific approach and saying, ah, it's to the exclusion of knowing from all other means, but it is the amplification of knowing through all of the other means. Mm. There is a synergy of those five senses. But if you are working then your only your left brain is getting stimulated
1: <laughs> not really your right brain yeah. not really
2: that ancient part of yourselves that needs smells and tactile experiences to awaken and remind you that you're alive and that connection to your vital uh, life force energy your vitality if you
0: will, it's like con- the power of contemplating a flower. Yeah. Right when you when you actually yeah. take the time to smell it, touch it, look at it, yes, yeah. uh, absorb it all. You can't help but kind of be spellbound,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, entranced
1: mm-hmm.
0: into a state of of excited but tranquil at the same mm-hmm. time awe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. And and so and that is an opening moment, I believe.
2: Right. And wonderment is very much um, a, an experience of childhood.
0: It is an experience of childhood. How does, it, how does wonderment relate to play?
2: Well, I think, I think it's, it's an extension. Uh, play is an extension of wonderment. It, you know, we come in with an active imagination because our imagination is the bridge between the body, mind, and spirit. And then systematically the culture says, oh, it's just your imagination, just being a minimizer in mm, that,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know,
2: and, and that's so subtle a minimizer yeah, either. For sure. So we have that impulse to be creative tamped down. Mm. And we grow less and less, uh, or I should say more and more desensitized and oversensitized and and if we are not encountering the, the 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 natural world and the the elements um very much with a kind of a a namaste chi to chi acknowledgement then then you become removed from from that it's like that chi is the connection it's it's the dark matter, almost, you know? Yeah, yeah
0: exactly.
2: Yeah, and so um, if if we become absorbed in our thought processes, then our capacities to be, which is where we get starlight consciousness and trance uh, experiences and transcendent experiences, the left brain gets over-refined and over-exhausted burns out the adrenals and then we can less and less experience vitality and being our vital life force energy and the connection of the rest of the vital world. So so you have less and less capacity to come into communion with that rose you're contemplating. And,
0: and it's kind of a drag because we're, at the same time we're atrophying our right brain. It's not getting any yeah. practice.
2: Yes, Right. So that's the reason that, that practicing ritual is very useful, because you set up a, a systematic, repeatable stimulation of each of the senses. Mm. And it builds neural pathways right. that trigger pleasant experiences that actually serve your well-being. hmm so, on a brain physiology standpoint.
0: Right, right. So you're healthier.
2: Right, you're healthier. Mm. You're healthier. So when we talk about most of us work too hard and we don't play nearly enough. And when we do play, we want to play as hard as we work.
1: Yeah,
0: I know that's and true. That, and yeah. that's,
2: that's so young.
0: It is. The, very... You
2: know, as opposed to... I'm going to sit with my friend, see how the conversation evolves, and I have yeah. no agenda with the agenda. conversation. I the whole
0: thing that I've been dealing with now is like realizing how rare it is that I have no agenda, right? And how how limiting that is
2: to have an agenda.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To 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 not be in a place to to not have no agenda. Is, is very limiting right if you have an agenda all the time then the only thing that you're open to is what you are is what you want That's right and there's and a whole great mystery out there that you have no idea that you could want
2: And the difficulty is that you are now narrowing in what you are going to call as support
1: right okay you let's know? talk about that
2: and, and and we had had an earlier conversation about how many times, you know, when we come upon these sabbaths, we we look at our lives and we think, oh, this is out of balance. I'm not where I belong, or it feels like the universe is actively pushing me in a direction I don't want to go. And I, I you know, what's wrong with this picture?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we either go, it's either me or it's the universe.
1: <laughs> right.
2: And we don't necessarily leave place and room for a third option.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Perhaps you're perfect right. where you belong, and the universe is still supporting you.
1: Right, right.
2: You know, and we don't. I personally don't know how to reference.
1: <laughs> <that>. <laughs> no, well,
0: this is so. This reminds me of the of the story that I heard from a friend of mine about about the nature of buffalo medicine, right? The wandering path of the buffalo. Was that, uh, you know, if you if you try to take that straight line. Mm-hmm and And demand that the universe give you that straight line to your quote unquote destination um, there are a couple of possibilities that you should be aware of, and one is that you'll get to your destination, but you'll get there too early, and no one else will be there <laughs> and so the party that you expected to 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 walk into won't even have been set up yet, and so you'll be like. I guess this. I guess I was mistaken. There is no party here, Mm -hmm. right? So you'll miss the party. Um, And the other possibility, another possibility, is that you will get there, in in a you know, and the party will be happening, but you will have missed an experience along the way that would have made your experience at the party way more fulfilling. Right. Right. So it's it's this. Willingness to, as I've been saying it recently, uh, stay present
1: mm-hmm.
0: and say yes. Stay present to what is, mm-hmm. right? Not, don't try to m- say I shouldn't be here because this is where you are. So clearly, this is where you are. This is where you should be because this is where you are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and say yes to what is being offered. Not as a way of capitulating to circumstances that wound you, but as a way of saying, this is what's being offered. These are, in fact, the tools at my disposal. This is, in fact, what the universe is offering me.
2: Or there might still be some more choices that you have not. Well, it's uh, the difference between... Looking straight ahead, you have a limited peripheral vision. If you turn your head, you have an increased peripheral vision. And if you look both ways, you could take in a lot of information. But I think we have to recognize that, you know, in Alan Mott's book, The Tip of One, Knowing Who You Are, I'm going to radically condense him. and
1: Bless
2: bless you, Alan. Um, He kind of said that human beings are in this dilemma of being of looking at life through a chink in the fence. And we see a cat, but we only, the chink is so small, we only see the cat's ass. And in the arrogance of being human, we think the problem's with the cat. Right. So I think...
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the way this applies to, to Ostara is you, you do have to recognize that some of the way you choose to view the big picture what are major arcana cards and karmic players and what are minor arcana cards personal choices
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and recognize that you are kind of working your way up to this high point where a maximum picture will be revealed but that, that you you can also see that that's really only a row shot test. For where you are right now because you come around to it again and it's you know you're going to possibly connect the dots differently
0: right it's always it's always uh, it's, it's always, always a a com- right a combination of of what's actually happened and happening what's actually happening and the lens that you're seeing it through
2: right and and if nothing else each of these sabbats is an opportunity to examine and refine your lens a little bit mm-hmm and because sometimes we can't do much about changing the circumstances, all we can really do is shape or shift or reframe our perspective
0: right. on yeah. what's happening. Yeah. that's right.
2: And to wick is to do that, you know, both this, 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 the mundane questions and problems we face, that's the coaching piece of it, and then to recognize it's... Cultivating this capacity to shape shift and step out and closer in to our own lens, so we at least recognize we're looking through. Yeah,
0: then we recognize the glasses that we're looking. We examine these glasses. Let me see how not just let me see what's out there, but let me look at the lens that I'm using to look at exactly,
2: exactly. And and at an equinox, you have this this beautiful still point this pause for a reboot when things are momentarily equal. And then you can kind of see, ah, what's out of balance in my life? And is everything or do I want to assume that everything is in balance? Well
0: so so how do we do that? How do we how do we figure out what's out of balance and what's in balance but uncomfortable?
2: It's probably by degree of discomfort. You know, if 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 your heart and your whole gut is screaming, screaming. then, you know Yeah, that's it's out thing. of balance. But um then there's a distance here between recognizing the question and figuring out the answer. You know, mm-hmm. right at the mm-hmm. moment, you know, yeah. You're developing strategies and action plans and a bit of, okay, if I have this problem, what are my solutions?
1: Mm-hmm. What
2: are my choices? You know, and, and sometimes, of course, you can't see beyond the turn. You have to just kind of choose one mm-hmm. and do it with the best of intentions and the faith and, you know, having cast your rooms or whatever. Right,
0: and, and this is also part of why ask. we call in our allies, too, I guess. Absolutely. So. Right? They, Absolutely. They, uh, in, in theory, lend a hand in this process.
2: Yes. Yeah. The seen and the unseen. So, you know, recently I met a, a, a spa director uh, with a great deal of, of foresight. And so we're going to be partnering up to... See if we can bring some Reiki into into a downtown town hotel. Mm, you know, yeah. and I'd have been two months ago, you know, if you'd have asked me when I stepped back into corporate, I'd say, Are you kidding? I right, sure don't see right. do that in the horizon. Right. But but you see, you know, I met a new ally. Right. And we and, you know, who knows where we can take it.
0: So our so it
2: she needs allies.
0: She needs allies too. Right, yeah. right. It's a team. It's a team. We're not alone. Um so in this process, um where do we direct our attention during this time of Astara? what, what do we
2: I think balance. You know, this question of balance can be a contemplation, a meditation. And you can be out for a run and contemplating balance. You can mm-hmm. be, you know, um, driving and contemplating balance, you know. The, the, it does not have to be so zoned out that you're totally ineffective. It becomes a walking meditation on uh, uh, this, is, this is the focus for the next six weeks. We're three weeks, two weeks in. We've
1: mm-hmm.
2: got another four weeks when before it turns into Beltane, which is about self-love, talk about another form of balance. Mm-hmm. So in, in a way, we can kind of say, and the reason I chose the term Taoist, Wicca, was that I wanted to convey a focal point balance. Right. But I also yeah. wanted to be clear that that's balance as each of you define it
0: mm-hmm.
2: for yourselves.
0: And it's never static.
2: And it's never static. The whole picture of the Tao, that squiggly line, represents a constant flux. Yeah. But its intention is always toward balance or rebalance. Yeah. And that there's and so moving qi is is the form of balance. But you see, culturally we have sought to Set everything in stone, and make to to concretize, systemize, dogmatize. Yeah,
0: to to make everything fixed.
2: Exactly, exactly. And then we complain when it all comes apart.
0: So we have a desire for for fixedness Mm -hmm. because it gives us some kind of predictability. Mm -hmm. But the but the price of of predictability is is friction and resistance and discomfort mm-hmm. actually? Yeah, right. Because we're not willing, we're not able to flow with. We don't say yes to what's being offered. We say yes to our fixed institutions. Mm-hmm. Our our institutionalized yeses override our opportunistic yeses. Yeah. right. And Ostara is an opportunity for us to take a second look at that and
2: and to reintroduce fun and play because there's our creativity. So when it comes to um coming up with the solutions that we need, we need to allow them those allow those answers to be sourced from a different place because when they're sourced from that right brain collective consciousness um God got us what divine voice within us. It's not only, you know, the, the, um, Latin for heart is curor, cur. And that is the root word of courage. Yeah. So when we can source, get quiet enough, get, get relaxed enough to, Allow the beauty, especially at this time of year, to permeate our consciousness and permeate our senses and so forth. Then we can wake up, and there's your wonderment, mm. because it's an in- inherently wonder-filled universe.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. but. The the challenge is so long as we are out of balance or not even focusing upon the balance, we can't even invoke the balance.
0: Yeah, we don't even know that we're we don't even know that balance is a thing
2: that's needed. Yeah, yeah, because from balance you would get a sense of belonging even if you are by yourself or with yourself, because
0: you would belong to the universe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Um. And and it would be easier to build community.
0: Hmm. One thing we didn't talk on. a lot about. We didn't talk a lot about um, this empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: well, inadvertently, we've been talking about it all day, though, because um, when you plug back into the divine, that namaste, there isn't. I can't think of anything more empowering than to remember that I'm a child of the divine yeah
1: it's true actually yeah, that's
0: true <laughs> that's true you know and the other thing that the other empowering things that we've been talking about today uh are the the action plan that mm-hmm. comes from ostara and mm-hmm. and the balance that comes from you know not just the the thinking imagining but also the Committing and doing, right, right. The the uh, it is empowering. It's empowering to accomplish, right. It's empowering to take this, you know, to go to the store and buy the seeds. It's empowering to dig in the soil and plant them. Mhm. Mm-hmm. every step is a, is one step of further empowerment mm-hmm. for us as individuals.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So.
2: Well, I think uh, if there's some um uh, something I'd like to kind of leave you with, you know, because I always try to bring an intention statement from our, our ritual. Right. So I think if it's okay with you, I'd like to share, um, uh, Marianne Williamson's words that were given by Nelson Mandela. Yes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? You are the child of the Creator. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are born to make manifest the glory of the creator that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence encourages others.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Isn't that great?
0: You know, our, our, our presence encourages others. And that's such a simple thing to say. And I think our, our egos, the fear of rejection, the fear of um failure does so much to limit the light that we are so capable of shining and play does just the opposite
1: mm-hmm.
0: it allows us to drop the fear
2: and reconnect with one of our greatest recognitions of our divinity, which is our creativity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: We don't. And when we build a, and when we were kids and took a refrigerator box and made it into uh, a castle or something, in order to talk to us, you had to get in the game.
1: <laughs> it's true.
2: Excuse me, I'm Lady Redhawk. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your sword, <laughs> <You're>, uh, uh. <laughs> Here, I have it here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and we don't realize that everything from the stock market to politics is really a constructed game. It's a refrigerator box that we've agreed upon means a certain thing, you know, the value of our stocks, the uh, political um, uh, yeah, who has agreement,
1: right? agreement
2: oh, of nations and, and the borders of nations and so forth, you know. It's all a refrigerator box.
1: It is.
0: And, and on that note, I think that's that's a powerful note to leave with people. That it's a refrigerator box out there, folks, and make make it choose, make it what you will, and have fun. And have fun.
2: <laughs> All right,
0: Susie. So, if people want to get to know you and your work a little bit more, where do we direct them?
2: Um, please go to www. dot rcom dot com. S u z y p e l t i e r. dot com. I do a whole bunch of stuff, (laughs) (laughs) and um, it would be a pleasure to hear from you, and certainly you can email me through the site if you have questions you'd like me to address here on the show. Right. So thank you so much. Have a lovely, lovely equinox, everyone. Balance to you all. Namaste.
0: Back at Beltane.